clubhouse. Well, you're not a real blonde. What a surprise. Stop. Doing it to her doesn't undo what she did to me. I didn't steal from you, and you know it. You judged my skin, just say it. I judged your skin. Sorry. You're lucky she has a conscience. I was gonna get you to fuck that man again. This is Steph. This is Sheila. And welcome to Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone, episode 209. This is titled Enemies by Monday, which I'm excited that we're talking about Yellowstone today because I'm like in a very cowboy mood, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say, I guess. I don't know about a cowboy mood, but today is Go Texan Day. Oh, what's a Go Texan Day? Every year, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo comes to Houston it's I always I think it's always the last week of February into mm-hmm. like three weeks of March, like the Friday before that week. It's Go Texan Day, so you wear all your cowboy gear to school. Did your kids dress up as cowboys going to school today? Yes. Oh my God! Oh how adorable! I'm so I don't know why I'm so excited about this. Normally we're not super big into these like dress up days or sort of like half-hearted participation type of people. But last year at the rodeo, we bought them all like real cowboy hats. And so they had, Caitlin has a pink one and Caleb picked out like an American flag one. (laughs) And Micah's is just, I don't know, it's funny cowboy hat. I decided this year she wanted to wear our hat. And I said, well, we don't have any clothes. Like we have jeans, but we don't have boots or cowboy shirts i guess or whatever you want to call them western wear we don't we don't dress in western wear so i went to the store yesterday and i bought them all like western shirts and they had boots on sale and so i posted a picture on my facebook page today they are the cutest little cowboys i've ever seen oh my god i guess it's like you know it's good to do something like normal right now you know like i just can't i don't know why i'm just so like giddy over this little outfit i don't know why wait wait i'm going over to facebook right now all right it's hold on. like hold the phone <laughs> like my oldest look at his hat it's cracking me up <gasps> oh my god Aren't they this cutest? is just tremendous he is totally rocking that isn't hat. it like the cutest thing ever i don't know why i'm just so giddy about this outfit today but I just am. And her little boots. I know. Aren't they so cute? <laughs> and her, they, uh, my middle son, the one standing in the middle, his is like yeah. a pearl snap, like button shirt. I see. And I hers see. is like a pearl snap, but they're little diamonds. This is very true. You know, you're going to have to post this with this, uh, <laughs> with this podcast episode because it is just too cute. Even though Yellowstone's in Montana, we're very cowboy today here at our house. So I thought it was fitting 
Yes, it's only fitting that we're recording this, this yes. episode. I just I'm gonna think about my little cowboys today. They're so cute. That's really cute. That is really cute. <laughs> oh my! Completely off. The, I know the feeling and mood of this episode. So it's yeah. good that we're going on a high because wow. yeah, because we're about to take it really low. Really low. I know. Yeah. So you said the the title. So this one's called Enemies by Monday, and we actually got the, the title of the episode in the the episode. Yes, this one, which we haven't had that right. right in a long time. Well, in season three they did, but I don't know that we. Season we've... three, yeah, but not so much. Yeah, yeah, I know because we we kept commenting about it. So yeah, Enemies by Monday. If you had told me that this was like the season finale, I would have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there's one more to go. Right? This one was explosive in, in all the right ways. and <laughs> In more ways than one. In more ways than one. Although not the way that we thought we were going to see. We, we thought we were going to see the, the Becks right. and this meeting in Jackson Hole. And I guess they never intended to go. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. They didn't even make an appearance this episode, which makes them so much more sinister. I know. Like the fact that they don't even bother to show them just the aftermath of what they've done. Um, it's just, it's very vicious. I agreed. I was thinking about that after watching it. I'm like, he didn't even see the Becks, but yet they left a very right. big impact. Right. You know, it's like the, it's like the 800 pound gorilla. It's like, we all know that they're there, but mm-hmm. you know, they just didn't care. They didn't care enough to show us. They just, they just left us holding the bag with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking about where Christina went and yes. so I'm not happy to see her, but I'm kind of happy to see her. Because that was kind of juicy. I yeah, I, I knew that she was going to come back at some point because it was just too open yeah. of a of a story line to just kind of leave unresolved. And it Jamie hasn't had <laughs> Jamie hasn't had enough. Um, I don't know heartache. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of glad that she came back because Jamie has been left unattended mm-hmm. in his misery a little too long. So it, it's good to have someone come along and like stir the pot again for right. him. So. Yeah, so Christina, well, we saw that she saw the, the, the news yes. coverage, and so I guess she decided to call him finally out of the blue. Okay, let me ask this yeah. question. So she drops this bomb on him. Do you think that she's really pregnant? I mean, why wouldn't she, like, why would she say that? Oh, ooh, to protect herself from being murdered. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's a very convenient way to... That's a good point entrap a man yes so and but then the flip side of that coin is that because i spend a lot of time in the murder realm <laughs> of the podcast world yes in the only in i was the like uh, Thank you. let me clarify that for a second <laughs> well i mean a lot of the things i end up watching are true crime and uh murdery dramas and listening to murder podcasts and things like that the highest demographic of women that are murdered are pregnant what? women you're serious? Yes. So, so of women, the largest subset are pregnant women who are either very badly hurt or uh, or murdered. It's not a good demographic to know about, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, if she's taking a gamble to say that, well, if if he's capable of doing that to her, Sarah, mm-hmm. the reporter, and she didn't mean anything to him, the fact that they were involved. If I'm a betting woman, I think that she's taking a gamble that Jamie's going to do the right thing and. A, not kill her, not have his dad kill her. <laughs> I was doing a podcast with Mike last year, The Alienist. 
And at one point, one of the characters uh, in that show, his fiance turns up that, uh, you know, she turns up pregnant. And we were doing the podcast. I was like, she is so not pregnant. She's doing this to like rein her man back in, (laughs) you know, basically shut down the show with Laszlo and with Sarah Howard. And Mike is like, you are so cynical. I was like, no, no, no. So he took it to a Twitter poll (laughs) and the actress herself who played Violet, William Randolph Hearst daughter violet emily barber shout out to emily barber she responded that she yeah she's like no she's she what she like, did we've heard it from the, yeah i was like we have heard it from the horse's mouth that <laughs> my instincts are right and women are the worst oh my gosh women are the worst <laughs> <laughs> well so, some women okay are the worst. Um, <laughs> women who would choose to I use the word entrap because it yeah. really was what was happening. And then there's a lot of convenient excuses for why a baby doesn't materialize nine months later. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a lot of things that you can't always prove. So, so yeah. Oh so my gosh. That. I, don't I didn't even sh- think of that. Well, okay. Never mind. I was going to say, I don't think the Duns would kill a pregnant woman, but actually, I don't, I don't know. Think they would, I don't think they would kill a Dutton heir. Right. Right. You're right. Cause I mean, now I'm trying to rethink that conversation because she started the conversation with what's going to happen to me. I know what she knew. Uh, you know, was this an accident? This doesn't look like an accident. She's sort of feeling it out. Like what's going on? Then she dropped that bomb. So yeah, maybe it's, she was going to see what he said. Then if he didn't completely squash her fear, she was going to say that she's pregnant. Yeah. Cause he wasn't giving her. A ton. Yeah, he's like, um, I don't know. She, so what you were saying, yes, yeah, she's asking him, like, are you a good man? I feel like she was taking a page out of Beth's mm-hmm. book. I feel that like he was, like, so embarrassed looking at her and, like, that spineless, you know, no decision-making Jamie was back. Yes. That's when she dropped the bomb, like, after he was unable to defend himself. Yeah. How perfect <laughs> of a plot line would that be for this show to say that, like, ooh, we're going to get another Dutton air. Will we? Won't we? Yeah. Is he going to be, a, you know, uh, is John, what's what's John going to do? And then Jamie just says it. He goes, don't say anything yet. And don't say that I'm the father. Yeah. Because he's worried about John's reaction. And I'm like, why? Right. You know, I, I really don't think that John's going to be that upset that, you know, Jamie has a baby out of wedlock. I- he's 30 something years old. And I don't get the feeling that they're very religious. I don't yeah. think that that's the reason why. But I, w- I couldn't come up with a good reason why he didn't want to tell his dad. Because she's obviously mm-hmm. wanting to keep the baby. Yeah. I guess I, I just sort of high level thought Jamie didn't wouldn't want to tell John just because of everything that's going on. You know, Jamie's constantly seen as making mistakes and, and not getting anything right. So, like, having some... You know, woman he was barely seeing pregnant isn't really. It's not a good. Not I a mean, good he's living in a bunkhouse, so he's right. He's like, yeah, don't tell him. I'm not looking too good right now, so this is going to make me look worse. I mean, is that really right? That's what I was thinking. That it would just make him look worse in John's eyes, and he's trying to to do his best to like rehab his position in John's eyes. So that's why I was kind of like a little hesitant. But I mean, if Jamie's observed anything about John with Tate, yeah. You would he think. would know that, yeah, that th- this would be a, a welcome addition to the family. And and some good news, frankly, that these people need. It's been it's been a while since they've had any good news. Like, yeah. the last thing that good that happened was like Monica came back and Tate moved on to the ranch. With right. Them. Like another quick side note on this topic. The first time I watched this show, you know, I guess 2019, I didn't really pick up on the fact that Christina explicitly stated she was going to do it on her own. 
she said something like, I'm going to take care of this or what, I don't know which exact word she used. She did say like, I've, I'm going to do this on my own. I need you to respect that. Yeah. Which I didn't really catch the first time because then she went into like, what kind of father are you going to be? Like you get to decide. So as I watched the rest of season two and three in my head, I was thinking Christina was wanting Jamie present. I don't know. She just said, I'm going to do this on my own. I can handle that. So like, why did she tell him that? Like just for him to stay away? Like she doesn't want to be involved. I don't know. So I didn't really pick up on that the first time we watched it. So yeah, it was definitely a mixed message. And that could also be from the fact that maybe she decided this on the fly. Yes, that's true. Well, see, I didn't think of all that. So that's why I was like, what? (laughs) Or giving her the benefit of the doubt if she is in fact pregnant that you know, she was giving him a chance to see like what kind of a man he was going to be with this, mm-hmm. with this situation. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. Okay. So another sort of random thing that I picked up on this episode, sort of moving into a conversation about Monica was when she's at this boutique and they're looking at her driver's license, she said, they said she was 26. And so you and I have been talking that we think Tate is like 10 ish. So that mm-hmm. means she had a kid when she was like 16. Well, I think we might be off on his age. I think he's he might be more like on the age. Well, side. still, I didn't realize she was a teen. Like, I thought she probably had. They probably got together in like her early twenties. I thought she was a little bit older. Well, I remember something about John saying, you know, about her being like eighteen, and oh. when he when he told Did he say Casey. That? Like, yeah, so I think it was in season one. So oh. the fact that we're doing these so close together, some things are sticking in my mind. <laughs> that, you know, Casey and her were 18 when she got pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, so that's that's that where fact. I kind of, like, took that from. So, yeah, so, I mean, like, the, the time is about... Right. I mean, I'm hard. I'm really hard to like guess like how old kids I know. are. Adults yeah. are. I'm, terrible. I'm terrible at that. I'm... Like in my mind, Betty White's like 63. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> right. She's still like however she was in the Golden Girls. I think she was in her 50s in the Golden Girls. Yeah. Maybe late 50s, early 60s. So not that it's really that important to the show, but I just that stuck out in my head of like, oh, she's only 26. Like I thought she was just a little bit older. So comments that stuck out in my head this episode. I was like, oh, I didn't put the math together for that but how much did you love or hate and love hate <laughs> this scene <laughs> in the boutique oh th- this was this was hard to watch on a lot of levels yes. until beth came in well it, it even just, then yeah uh, well i mean she well, <laughs> that lady that lady had what she well had come into her what she deserved <laughs> but no just the just the humiliation yeah. and the I mean, I don't have better words, but like the dressing down that Monica had to endure literally and figuratively, just making her feel so small and making her feel so insignificant and making her feel like a criminal when all she's done her whole life is just be a good person. Right. It was awful. It was awful to watch. And the, the delicious malevolence that this woman was taking in humiliating her and making her feel this way because she could yeah right she and she she misjudged so so she falls into our category of not being able to tell a person's age Mm, yeah while i wouldn't peg monica as a 20 year old i mean it's very easy to see that she does you know tend on the younger side but still so yeah she assumed she was young and a student that's the word she used but i I think she was judging her on her skin but even then if a student's coming in like let the person browse your shop and let them leave like 
Right. I was getting a very like pretty woman yes. kind of vibe from this. Exactly. Um, one of these moments where it's like, you work on commission, right? Oh, big mistake. Right. right. So you don't work on commission. I'm a Dutton. You don't know that yes. yet. Um, so I, I liked that kind of like play on a theme for me that that kind of worked. Um, I, I did like that Monica's first call, though, was to Beth. Yeah. I did really like that because it was weird. Beth knew it was weird. Monica knew it was weird. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, Beth was the only person who could come to her rescue. I just really enjoyed yeah. that whole like solidarity kind of a, a scene there. Yeah. What did you think about when Beth turned that off? That was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. She is so ruthless. And she just, she takes pleasure in that and just making people squirm and be like being mean. She likes it. It's so funny though. It's funny to watch. I don't want to be on the receiving end of anything Beth Dutton has to give out, but it makes for good TV. <laughs> what she ended up doing in that store with Veronica's boutique. I don't even know what the name of yeah. it is, but um in a way, her kind of taking out what's happened to her as well mm-hmm. because of how vicious it was, yeah. right? So I feel like it was like deflected anger. Yes, she was angry on Monica's behalf, but it was also a chance for her to, I really don't want to use this term, but I can't think of anything else, like save a little face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just so wrong. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, she's, she's ha- like we said last episode, she was really quiet and really like introspective. Yeah. And I feel like this was now her processing what's happened to her and the rage that she's feeling. And this was just a really good outlet to to take out some of that stuff because she's not going to do what Jimmy did when he got angry. He's not going to take she's not going to take an axe to a tree. Right. No, she's going to take a jewelry stand to a glass, conta- a glass, you know, jewelry case. Yeah. <laughs> My. <laughs> My favorite part of it was just like calling them out on their past. Like you, you know, I knew you in high school and you used to babysit my brother. And like, like I like, come on, you got the boob job and the doctor to marry you. <laughs> She's like, I remember you. Yeah. I think that's like the great part about like growing up in a small town is just like, you have no secrets. Mm-hmm. You have no, there's no anonymity, right? Yeah. Because you, everyone knows everything. <laughs> Um, but that was just another layer of just like that was the icing on the deliciousness of how just mean this whole thing was. Monica coming in as the conscience mm-hmm. and telling her to stop and it was unexpected. I mean, it's it's in character for Monica, yeah. but I didn't feel that she would, you know, would have the voice in that moment to, to speak up because I, I've never had anything what happened to her ever happened to me. I can't imagine, I can't even begin to put myself in in the position that she's feeling. For her to take that higher road is honorable. Well, she just wanted to leave too. Like, yeah, she wanted to just like put it behind her move and move, like walk out and just be done with it. But Beth's like, no, let's deal with this. I probably would have reached that same threshold as Monica did. Like it was about to get uncomfortable, like in less of a funny way. <laughs> so I think that's like she was saying she was going to get her, get her to, you know, hump the mannequin. Like, uh, that would have been very uncomfortable to watch <laughs> in yeah. a way that it was, but it was very uncomfortable to watch them make Monica strip down to right. her underwear. Like what? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, she was naked on the top at yeah, least. I don't know how far they ridiculous. got. You know, she'd stepped on the ring. Veronica had stepped on the mm-hmm. ring that she, like, threw on the floor. And I don't know how, like, she she never played that card yeah. because Beth walked in, right? She never got to that point. Right. Yeah, the, the fact that, like, Monica was able to just kind of bring that, bring that everyone back to center and back to reality. Because 
I, I agree. I think Beth would have taken that to a very uh, uncomfortable, yeah. beyond what it was, right. kind of a position. Yeah. So I think Monica sort of had to step in and be like, okay, let's go. And you're right. She just wanted that to end and, yeah. you know, just move on with her, her life and her day and, and just start to put this behind her. Mm-hmm. But Beth's not done. No. Beth needs a drink. <laughs> what did you think about this conversation between the two of them? I thought it was very honest on Beth's part and genuine. Like, I think she's right. Like, like Monica is like just a really genuine and kind person. And she like hanging around the Dutton ranch isn't going to be good for Monica and Tate, like ultimately. So I think she's right. And I think it shows, you know, she cares about Casey to tell Monica, like you need to leave and you need to take him with you. And he's not as strong as you are. And you're the one who can like pull him out of this. And like, I don't know. I thought that was very heartfelt, like in a Beth sort of way. (laughs) That makes sense. As much as it can be. I feel like there was like this major guilt trip that Beth was laying on Monica saying that, you know, John, the best parts of him died when their mother died, that she was like the spine of the family. What do you mean by guilt trip? I feel like it was a guilt trip because it's like basically saying to Monica, like, if you leave him again, that's going to be the same, the same outcome. Right. Because she said right after that, that he could, you know, turn out just like him. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was just a way for for Beth to, to ensure Casey's happiness by I'm very cynical today. Cynical yeah. Well, back. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, like, like who hurt yeah. me? No, I just like, that was like my, my skeptical feeling. Like when I was watching this, I was like, Whoa, I was like, like my, my notes even say like way to lay on a, a guilt trip. No, I didn't pick up on that. Because saying that, you know, Casey can turn out just like him, but then she flips it by saying, well, the next time you leave, cause you will mm-hmm. take him with you. So I, I feel like it was just a, it was like a a high functioning guilt trip. Hmm. Like you may not even have like noticed it, like Monica in in the conversation because of the trauma that you just you know had inflicted upon you. But you're going to take away some pieces of this, and hopefully it's that you know Casey can turn out like John, and you have the power to stop it. I didn't feel like that was a guilt trip, more of like a plea of like just trying to. I guess, warn her, like, you can still affect this. Like, Casey is still able to be, like, molded in this situation. So he, she can either turn out like John or he, or you can save him, I guess. Yeah, I see that, too. I, but like I said, I was just maybe feeling a little cynical. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Happens. When I watched it. That's, but that's why we talk about it. You, you talk me back from the yeah. But now the other conversation that they had was that, you know, Beth is saying that Monica has this good soul and that, you, you know, that she'll move on from this. But Veronica will remember this for the rest of her life. The woman that, you know, they humiliated right. and inflicted this on Monica. I just wanted to touch on it because it's something that I feel more and more shows are dealing with racism and and um, mm-hmm. and difficult situations like that. But this was before a lot of the the major things that we've been dealing with. Like, so there's been a lot of, in the more recent shows, so this show is that we're talking about is two years old now mm-hmm. at this point. I, I just feel like that they were at the start of the storytelling that really opened up this conversation about race and, and bringing it in, in a way, you know, whereas now we're talking more about systemic racism within institutions and things like that. This show, and we've talked about it before, this show really 
puts it in your face that Native Americans have been treated more harshly than every other group possible or less less than human more often mm-hmm. than other groups of people. So I just wanted to call out the show just for making us think about it and making making it something that we we do need to talk about. Yeah, there's there's no way to right the wrongs, but I think you know showing that it still exists. And they even said it in the in the, the episode. Yeah, I judged you by your skin. Yeah. So there's there's that too, and it's Monica's humanity that saves that really saves her, and ultimately Casey. I was thinking too, um, along with Beth's comment of you know she, Veronica is going to remember this. It just sort of rang true. Like, don't you have those comments or conversations or? confrontations from your past that you remember exactly what someone said to you or how they treated you or when you made a mistake or like said something hurtful to someone you didn't mean like I you know I can think of a couple of instances where it's like man I I do remember that even though you know I didn't mean to say it that way or it came across the wrong way like there are sort of instances in your past that you remember being treated unfairly or being the person who made the mistake and I think, though, Monica will remember this. Like, that's this is one of those instances, I think, that you would remember being treated so unfairly based on your skin. For Veronica being to remember, like, I, you know, I said that and I did that. And hopefully one day would feel remorse for that. Not just because she got her st- store smashed, but because she actually hurt someone. But Right. Well, the consequences yeah. is really the, the mental one. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I think Monica is going to be, you know, reflective of this moment and knowing that she did choose a better path yeah. than basically everybody else involved. Right. The other thing, too, that, that bothered me is that the cops were so quick to just yeah. go to such an extreme right there and then. And, you know, not having any proof other than this. Right. Anything other than the store owner, you know, even the security guard was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I didn't see nothing. You know, the security footage didn't work. Like, all, these, all these little factors that, you know, made it like, well, well, why would you go to that extreme? Like, there's no way she could have gotten a ring or whatever it was that they thought that she right. took into her underwear. Right. Yeah. Or in front. She like, didn't even go in under underneath her bra. Right. There's no way in. The, she was wearing a jacket, a hoodie. A shirt. Right. Right? She had layers on. If she had like a V-neck or a button-down shirt, you'd be like, okay, maybe. The cops were too eager to also be a part of this this racism, this systemic racism. So yeah. But I, I just I like how the the show does it in such a way that you're just like, okay, yeah, that was pretty horrible, and maybe it give you a chance to kind of reflect and like where this also exists for you. Right. So, do you think that this conversation with Beth? Is what spurred Monica to go home and talk to Casey, like when he brings up his dad, <laughs> showing Tate more love in one day than he got in his whole childhood. Yeah. yeah. First of all, she didn't tell him. No, I know. Right. So that was like the big glaring thing that stuck out to me because she's so quick to jump on him for not telling her the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and even in this conversation, he's obviously not telling her the truth about where he's going and what he's doing. And she's not telling him either what's going on or what happened to her. So I feel like there's still a lot of work to be done between these two and their communication. (laughs) But for sure, I feel the conversation with Beth and and what she said about him, like turning into his dad and whatever else, like turning into his dad. And and that did spur on the intent of the conversation or or what she was trying to draw out of Mm -hmm. him. 
definitely because it was uh it was as, as pointed as she's been in a long time with him in her feelings especially towards the ranch and her fa- the, his father yeah there was definitely a lot of weight behind behind what she was saying right. and she was trying to get him to open up and and i feel i feel like in a way even though she was keeping the truth from him she was using what happened to her and the conversation with Beth as a means to open up an avenue of communication. So I can't I can't fault her on on every front, but I mean, it's also it's also really hard to tell somebody so when something like that happens to you, it's really hard to tell anybody about it because the humiliation mm-hmm. that you feel far outweighs anything else on your mind and the perception that you might have done something yeah. to have brought it on right so that there's just there's a lot of emotion at play she hasn't had enough time to kind of process it because she's not grading papers that yeah night. you know so she hasn't even had a break herself so but i feel like she's using it like instantaneously the information that she got mm-hmm. from beth to to work on casey well just that one comment about art does this make you happy and you need to find a ranch that <laughs> that you can that can make you happy or whatever because yeah, because she said you can't afford to stay here, like in your heart. So, yeah, I definitely think that that conversation with Monica—I'm sorry—with Monica and Beth—is what made her say that comment. But she's kind of still there in that place of not being sure about the ranch anyway. Because last episode, she told him she wanted to live in, in town. town, and then at the very start of the episode, she drove up in her car with Tate. So I was like, to feed the horse. So. I was like, where'd they, why, where were they? Yeah, maybe they, maybe she picked them up from school. I don't know. Thought it was like first thing in the morning. Oh, right. Yeah. It it was, seemed like she was dropping, like driving out to the ranch from somewhere before right. school to feed the horse to drive back to school, which is. I do not have that kind of energy in the yeah, morning. Yeah, uh, not going to happen. I, don't, I just had that random thought like, well, cause she said last time she wanted to live in the city and then they drove up in the car. Where were these? Mm-hmm. So, and then this conversation of, it's still there for her, like what are we doing here? Is this really where you want to be? Is this really the life we want to live? The struggle of where she belongs and who she mm-hmm. is in, in terms of this ranch is still there. And if anything now, it's more on the forefront of her mind. Yeah. But now the fact that Tate is so happy on the ranch is is throwing another curveball into her, you know, weighing the pros and cons. It's not just her and Casey anymore. Now Tate has a voice here too. Yeah. And he, got a horse, and he has and the a horse. horse. Is so cute. That is a beautiful horse, and the horse needs breakfast. Okay, and and dinner. And I'm well, not driving miles and miles out to feed your horse and go back to school. Right. <laughs> I don't get up that early. Yeah, it's like I just won't sleep. I'll just drive Montana. Yeah. back and forth. It's like not gonna happen. <laughs> so, but yeah, this definitely is is now straining her even further with the decision and all of these Duttons are making it harder and harder for her to stay Casey included mm-hmm. I like what she said she goes I grew up on a ranch too and, and not so much of the work happened at night <laughs> huh? and he's like the telltale sign Casey don't put on a baseball hat yeah right she's like <laughs> I'm not an idiot <laughs> Jimmy's the one that wears the baseball caps not cowboys right. <laughs> and Jimmy's even graduated <laughs> That's funny. So the only other thing that I have for KC is that the, how the episode opened, yes. right? Is hit. so the, the the meeting in Jackson Hole that's supposed to happen, and they they drop a bomb in a plane, and I I, I guess yeah. it does what it's supposed to do. I mean, they both look happy. I don't know anything about bombs, but I don't know what's something. Ti- yeah, what's the timeline on this? <laughs> they have to take off in the next twenty minutes or what? 
Yeah, so I don't know too much about bombs. I'm with you. But uh, the two of them looked, they looked pretty happy with uh, with how things were beeping. Yeah. As they dropped it in. So it looks like all plans are a go. Yeah. I liked what Casey said to John. He goes, don't make up with them. Right. <laughs> There's no stopping it now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, but again, like we talked about this in the beginning, there were no becks. So... I don't know how long this bomb is supposed to like take to go off or like was because the plan wasn't really spelled out. So was the plan to like have them take off and then the bomb go off? I mean, it, yeah, it has to go off in midair over the ranch, over the ranch or over the reservation. Right. Because Rainwater said like whatever, you know, happens on the reservation stays on the reservation. Right. right? So it has to be X amount of minutes into the flight that right. the bomb goes off. So what time are they taking okay. off? Blah, blah, blah. Is it manually detonated? It doesn't matter. But anyways, all these <laughs> things in my head. <laughs> I know so many questions. All the questions. Yeah, doesn't but, um, matter, but still. But yeah, so I was sophisticated just, uh, bomb usage. I guess. Yes, it does look sophisticated. Well, these two are both special forces, right? Tori yes. is the guy who works for Jenkins, and he's special forces. Um, we were just joking around that he's not very good special forces because John, John was able to take him out with a wine bottle. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't mess with John Dunn. He's got skills you don't even know about. Yet. Oh my god! But now, so so Tori right works for Jenkins. So what was this weird little conversation that Jenkins like strolled up to the ranch for with John? What did you make of that? It's his last ditch effort to get out of this. He needs the money. He wants to go at this point. He has nothing left. Rainwater took the land. The Becks took his money out of that golf resort or whatever because they suspended his liquor license. Like, he's just trying to, like, scrap together the last bit of change, sell the land to John, and get out. So I was just confused because I thought he sold the land to Rainwater. Well, he sold the new land to Rainwater. I think he's trying to sell the current golf resort. Right. So the remainder of the land is with Rainwater, and he's trying to sell the part where now, like, the liquor license and yes. stuff is gone. Okay. Like, the golf resort, the club. Yeah. Okay, that it. actual property, like, the with the resort yeah. on it. Like, he's like, well, just buy it. What did you think, though, about the part of the conversation that Jenkins brought up about us, everyone having a right to be there? Like, everyone's an immigrant. Like, why did he say that part? They've already sort of hashed that out. Everyone is from somewhere else. And Jenkins has been treated like an outsider for the entire time that he's been yeah. there. The fact that John's family has been there since the 1880s doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's got the lordly stake over to the land. Whereas, you know, if you keep going back and back and back, obviously it was the people of you know the Broken Rock Reservation. So I think he was just fighting for... Like you said, this is like a last ditch effort to be like either I belong and I fit in here and you accept me mm-hmm. or buy me out. Yeah. Either accept me or get rid of me because mm-hmm. you can't have it both ways. So that's kind of what I took yeah. from him on that. It sounds and, like, though, John is saying, yes, I can. Y- yeah. Because he's like, I can't let you sell it. Right. Because now you're the devil I know and I'm stuck with you. Chicken says, like, you can't stop me. And he's like, uh, you haven't learned anything, have you? <laughs> Like, seriously, has the bruise on your neck, Mr. Jenkins, healed? (laughs) Right. But now there was another part of that conversation that I was just like, whoa, Hmm. I did not expect this from John. I feel, and you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You know what? Let me say this. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is a really big admission for John, what he says to Jenkins about him not being a rich man and basically being cash poor? Do you think that's a big admit, like admit? 
like admission? Like, what does that mean for John to admit that? I didn't see it as such a huge reveal for him because it's people could figure that out. I was taking it from the point of view that everybody knows that the Duttons are the powerhouse in in the area. So I figured that him saying that was a very big admission that things are not going as well mm-hmm. as everybody would think. Keep in mind, I mean, they have like, what, over a million dollars worth of cattle that are dead? Yeah. And then all the fallout from that. So they have to acquire new cattle and they have to get rid of the dead cattle, right? So there's all these expenses that they weren't budgeting. And Beth has been buying up property left, right, and center, although we haven't heard anything more about that in a while. Yeah. Just, I think, to admit that you're cash poor or to admit that maybe your finances are not, like, where mm-hmm. everyone assumes that they are. Like, I, the only thing I can liken it to is when my niece was young. She's she's going to be 30 this year. Mm-hmm. But when she was younger, she was a teenager. They lived around the corner from us. She'd asked her mom for something. I don't know what it was. And her mom was like, listen, like, we are not getting that. It is way too expensive. She goes, well, we'll just ask Sheila and Uncle John, like, like they don't have any kids. They're rich. <laughs> so like the assumption that like you either have money or don't have money mm-hmm. um, is just, it, it is perception. It right? really it is, is, though. You know, John admitting that is like showing like cracks in the mold or cracks in the armor mm-hmm. that, you know, appearances are not always what they are. Right. Right. So, um, <laughs> I just thought I thought it was very interesting that he would say that to Jenkins, seeing as how you know, the next words out of their mouth is that we'll be enemies by Monday again. Nope, we're enemies now. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Wait, we, got, we got to start on the episode. Take a drink. <laughs> yes. It's only two o'clock okay. in the afternoon. It's fine. I was going to say, I don't care if it's Friday afternoon. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny what you're saying about the assumption of money. Because I, I tell my friends this funny little story that I showed up at my friend's house wearing like just my jeans. I was wearing a purple t-shirt, just plain purple t-shirt. And I have these like wedge sneakers that not name brand or anything. I just got them at, you know, online store or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I forgot to bring a belt today. Like I should, I should wear a belt. And my friend was like, oh, well grab one of mine. And she handed me this like Gucci belt or something. Oh my God. And I was like, but I can't wear this. Like, look at the rest of my outfit. Like me wearing a Gucci belt with this outfit looks like I'm like pretending. Like I, right. like I spent all of my money on the Gucci belt and I couldn't afford the shoes. So it's like, or like, you know, the shirt. Or- <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I can't just wear the belt. Cause it's like, I, I look like a fraud. <laughs> it's, it's like, just, I just was laughing at her. She's like, it's fine. Just wear it. I'm like, okay. But I feel like this is very obvious that like, I don't own this belt. <laughs> <Right>. Like <laughs> which, which one of these doesn't belong. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so funny. I feel like we went, we went to somewhere and the girl like looked me up and down. I was like, uh, in my head, I thought she, see, she noticed the belt. She knows. She sees. She right? sees that I don't have anything else on. <laughs> That's worthy of this belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. okay. It's it's not really a Gucci belt. It's the Gucci belt. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's the knockoff. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like John, he has the power and he has the land, but he doesn't have the cash. Like we said, where the helicopter go? I don't see them flying around their helicopter anymore. Yeah. Poor Vigo. He's out of a job. <laughs> But that was still this season because that was in the very beginning of the season when John had that ruptured ulcer. Mm -hmm. So the helicopter has been a a recent. Are we still in the same season? Yeah. Oh my goodness! So much happens in their (laughs) life. So much happens. (laughs) This is exhausting. That that was only like last week in in timeline form. (laughs) Maybe two weeks. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, because that was um, I don't know, like season, like um, sorry, episode like two or something. It seems like so long One. ago. <laughs> Is that the season opener? I don't know. I don't but know. So someone can tell us, but it, no, that was definitely this season. That's funny. Seems like a very long time ago. <laughs> I mean, Sarah was killed three episodes ago. That just seems uh, like okay. decades ago, right? <laughs> And then, I'm sorry, but Rip sort of running around like he wasn't just shot in this episode. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, I feel like some time has passed because Beth's face has improved a lot. Yes, I know, but still. But yes, no, but I get your point totally. The fact that, you know, he's just like shot and he's still coming at him like a rhino, you know. Like, this, (laughs) this guy is, he's a beast. He is a beast. So can we talk about like Rip and the bunkhouse people now? Because I'm just like, I'm happy in a way that like Jimmy, we'll talk about everything that happened, but I want to kind of frame the conversation is that I'm happy that Jimmy has like risen in opinion of like in Rip's eyes. Okay. Yeah. More so than anybody else. Like I think Rip is really starting to see Jimmy in a different way. I think he's seeing him as a useful person that he's taken to the molding Mm -hmm. and that's why they're so willing to help him do you think do you do you see yeah i see where rip is i don't want to say respecting jimmy more because i don't it's like caring about him more yeah it's like he's growing on them yeah like he didn't want him to get hurt at the rodeo right and then, but like, even in this episode, like after we find out, I was so sad that Jimmy's oh. grandfather passed away. I was just so sad. I know. But when like Rip comes back and Jimmy's really upset about finding out about his grandfather, Rip gives him a little hug. I know. And I was just like, I think that is the first time that he has made physical contact with someone other than Beth. Right. And it was just a little hug of like reassurance. And like, you know, it, it told me that like, like Jimmy, I've got your back. Yeah. Like literally, like like he was patting him on the back. Like I got you, and that that to me made me feel good about like where Jimmy's come from. Like he's done a lot of growth and he's done a lot of change, and the fact that Rip can see it like made me a little happy. I didn't like all the things that they did this episode with that. The show is very subtle in building these bonds and these relationships because I don't think even three or four episodes ago that Rip would have had that much level of interest. Although he did have that little. Uh, temper tantrum back in season one where he ended up taking Red to the train station or having Lloyd take him to the yeah. train station, right? Yeah, I mean, he um, protected Jimmy in that yeah. situation. Because I'm now that more I think about it, I think he might see, like, in Jimmy, like, kind of, like, where he'd come from. Like, he was, like, this yeah, scrawny true. kid. Like, he's the scrawny kid, right, who came to the ranch with nothing, nobody. Yeah. So maybe that's like he can, he can of... understand, like, what Jimmy's going through. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Man, this sucks. Jimmy's pawpaw. He's like crying. I just, ugh, this episode. It got real weepy for me. Like, <laughs> like holding back tears trying to watch. Like, poor Jimmy. It was so heartbreaking to watch. I mean, just that anger of like, I paid and they still did this. So right. terrible. And... You know, it didn't matter that it was nothing new that happened. It was just he was an old man and this was a pretty vicious attack on him. And I thought it no was a new to... attack. Do you think oh, it was? See, this... I... I know they mentioned that the bruise was old, but I yeah. thought maybe they because he said I paid and they still killed him. So I thought maybe they came back around and just beat him up again or I don't know. I felt like there was a second interaction with the grandpa. Even though they did say the bruise was old. 
Yeah, see, I took it from them saying that the bruise was old, that this was basically like fallout from the attack. Because again, mm-hmm. these people don't get medical treatment mm-hmm. for things like that, right? So like, we, <laughs> this, has been, <laughs> this has been my 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 problem with this show, that they... Um, it's because you work in the medical industry. <laughs> yeah, so, but he should have gotten, I mean, he's in his 70s, right? He should have gotten a, a head CT. They would have been able to figure out that there was something going on and given him some blood thinners and, yeah. you know, taking care of him that way. And you know, followed up and monitored him. Whereas, you know, he probably just got beat up, cleaned himself up and went back to work. And if you have like a brain bleed or something like that, yeah, you're going to die. And it could take a couple of days and the bruising, you know, would show that. Um, And they kind of said he, they thought he had been laying there for, did they say a week at the opening? Yeah. They they said that the bruises looked like about a week old, but it looked like he, but it looked like he'd been there for a couple of days. he He was pretty, chili <laughs> wow uh, i'm just sheila i'm vicious today i'm so look, sorry a, look, okay after this let's have a drink let's have a drink i need some like deep breathing some yoga meditation and like you know some wine or yeah, something i'm gonna i'm gonna drink a glass of wine with you from texas tonight all right only if i get to see your kids in that sh- those little texas outfits again oh my god those are so cute the little western outfits they're so cute all the little kids are running in there was more than a couple cowboy hats. It was so cute. But the only reason be, that there sort of seems to be a second attack is because of Jimmy saying I, they still killed him. So it's like Jimmy is at least under the impression that they went back and finished him off. Right. Either way. Yeah. He's definitely got like either way. Uh, you it's know, their fault. In his mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Either way. A hundred percent that they are responsible for this. Yes. And. It's just so devastating because we know that that's his last living relative yes. who needs anything to him. Because he, he said to John, he was like, they were either dead or in prison. Yeah. So just now he just feels so alone in the world and, and he's responsible for it and how he feels, right? He feels that he's responsible for it. Um, just the the vengeance that he wants to to exact on these people is, it's it's really bloodthirsty. Yeah. I didn't think Casey was going to go along with it at first. <laughs> It's like, so when Riff comes to him, comes to Casey and says that we need to handle the Jimmy situation, right? Yeah. And, you know, Casey's like, there's there's a little bit, you know, going on here that we're dealing with, you know, because, you know, they're still dealing with the fallout from Beth and they got the Beck meeting coming up. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, he manages to pencil it in. We'll do it tonight. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting to go along with it just so soon. Um well, Rip's right. If he, they're like, if Jimmy handles this, then we're going to have a bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, that is a very honest assessment. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, again, even though it was a slight, it, it does endear me like to Rip that he's, he's looking out for Jimmy this way. Um, but yeah. I'm going to uh, teach you how to take care of problems so they don't become more problems. Whoa now. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big statement. Mm-hmm. But now Ryan wants in. He wants the brand. Oh, Ryan. Okay, and and there's Cowboy. What? Yeah, yeah th- that was just weird. I was I didn't even like factor that into my notes. I'm like that was just they needed like five more minutes of time filler. I don't. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they needed him to be like, hey, you should leave. Like the what? Right. Why is this guy back? <laughs> I said why. <laughs> my notes. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Cowboy's like, okay, well, if y'all are doing that, I'm leaving. 
Yeah, I'm hightailing it out of here. Why? Yeah, why does Ryan want to like join the ranks of those who wear the brand? He's right, though. He is deep enough in this that he knows enough already. Right. So, like, when they had to go clean up Beth's office. Yeah. Ryan was there. Lloyd wasn't. Right. We had talked about that last episode going, like, where was Lloyd in all this? So, he's... He is deep into this group, and he was part of the the river routing back mm-hmm. in season one. And then, you know, he says, well, the badge hasn't kept me clean. Well, yeah, because the work that they're doing isn't clean. And he's part of it just, you know, by by virtue of just working there. So yeah. I guess he's decided that he's like he's going to make a full commitment to these group, <laughs> this group of people. <laughs> what do you think of Colby trying to stop him? I like these two. I, I think that they're a, they're a good match for each other in terms of like you know being good friends and yeah. being good buddies. Like they they you know Colby looks out for him and he's you know he's kind of he's not transient because he's been there for the two seasons, but he's he's not all in the way that like Ryan is. Like Ryan's in the livestock agency, mm-hmm. livestock commission, so he's got a little bit more invested. But um, yeah, I think he like Colby was just giving him an option to be like, dude, do you sure you want to do this? Like, yeah. just pause a second think about it so i like but i also like the fact that colby paused after cowboy said you know if you have you know any brains at all you'd leave too he's just stunned i think he's just stunned by everything that happened in the like yeah. those just few minutes like so much changed in no time whatsoever well yeah we've talked about that with the bunkhouse this season it's just like Casey's in, then Jamie's in, then Rip's in, then this is out, and Casey moves out, and he's the boss, and now he's not, and, like, people are disappearing, and Walker's gone, and (laughs) Avery just left on the... I mean, it is just all over the place with these... That is a revolving door. Mm -hmm. That has to be a um, red flag, is the word I'm looking for, right? (laughs) Red flag. definitely. Yes, red flags everywhere. They're, like, like waving around to land a plane at this point. There's so many red flags. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I thought this was a very inventive way to blow up a trailer. Right. The propane tanks, like, you know, we'll go to Lowe's, we'll pick up some propane tanks. Yep. Pick up some drills while we're there. I was amazed that, like, they had the music up loud enough and these people were all just so passed out that they didn't hear all the drilling and stuff like that. But I liked how covert this was. I liked how Casey was kind of, like, directing the operation. Mm-hmm. As messed up as everything is here, I really liked how this this built up. Yeah, I kind of did, too. <laughs> It was fun to watch, though. So now everything is, like, everything's ready to blow. Like, they show the pilot light, right? All the, the propane gas has been, you know, brought into the trailer. And Jimmy goes in, and the pilot light is on. I'm like, no! I know. But he had to get his belt buckle. Was it worth it? For him? Yes. I do, too. I agree. Like, there's certain things that people do that may not make sense to others. But in the moment... It makes sense. Yeah. And for him, the only thing in his life that has amounted to anything good is that belt buckle. Yeah, it's like the only thing he's earned that he's like proud of and yeah. wrongfully taken from him, like just right. out of spite. I, I feel like, yeah, he like should have gone in to get it, even though he shouldn't have gone in to get it. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this represents like his new life. So I feel like it's a good representation for him of like what he needs to hold on to. And again, yeah, you're right. It's something that was taken from him and it shouldn't have been. Yeah. Because he'd squared his debt and now he was responsible for somebody else's. Like, that's just, 
Right. Maybe telling somebody that he was going in for it, you know, would have been probably on the smarter side. But again, he was filled with rage and not thinking rationally, obviously. Like, I get going in for the belt buckle, but I was like, what are you doing? Whenever he woke the guy up, it's like, Jimmy, you're taking it too far there, man. Like, risky what in terms of being risky. Yeah, I mean, like, I, again, I just come back to, like, they shot to the pilot light on right yeah. before... I'm like, oh my god! There's all that propane gas. And they had tanks of propane. It's not just one. Yeah, like that. And then, I mean, that explosion was just spectacular. Yeah, that was awesome. But even, well, let's just even back up. Like, hang on one second. Right. So he gets he gets the belt buckle, and he he can't help himself here. Right. Yeah. He has to, you know, Ray stirs a little bit, but he has to make sure that. So Jimmy has to make sure that Ray knows that you're not going to sleep through this. And he says it and he's like crunches his face. Ugh, I know. Like Jimmy just just turned on a whole new beast mode. <laughs> beast mode. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I know. he was. Yeah. Like you said, he was rage induced. I'm going to wake him up. You're not going to sleep through this. But then he almost got himself shot. Like. Like, either knock the guy out and then run out or something. Just, like, hit him and he can still come after you, man. Like, I feel like in a way that everything that just happened in the trailer, like, until the point it exploded so spectacularly, was, like, the death of Jimmy's old life. Yeah. Like, Like, that was him putting all those ghosts to bed and you know, basically walking away and you like cleansed almost like, mm-hmm. like the opposite of a baptism, right? <laughs> yeah. This was just his way of showing that he's, he's like this made man now. Like this, this was his, like, you know, made man is like the, like a term in the mafia. Like you, when you're made, mm-hmm. you're untouchable. Yeah. Right. So he's got the, the why he's got the brand. So this is him, you know, with his, his new family, right turning him into a man like i feel like jimmy grew up in this episode like this was it for him like no more you know being a boy now he's just a man and he he killed he killed all his demons yeah literally yeah literally (laughs) um although i will say i really hope that they don't show us ryan getting the brand because watching jimmy get the brand was just and walker it was just painful to watch so like i'm I'm good if they don't show that again like that sound of sizzling yeah no 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 (sighs) i'm good i'm good i can't watch those like medical shows yeah. And they're like, every time there's a surgery on Grey's Anatomy, I'm like, ah, <laughs> even though they don't show that much. But, ah, uh, no, I'm good. Don't need to see that. So we are already at an hour and we still haven't talked uh, about the, the big thing yet. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I don't want to. I can't. This but really, I don't think that I've cried at Yellowstone. Like, I've been emotional, but I cried. Like, tear, like, tears forming just the build of the emotion i mean can like you as a mom and even as a human but as a mother a parent you can imagine that fear of like okay i'm trying not to freak out because there's a million places my kid could be and i need to have a calm mind in order to think so like i'm trying to process like john's trying to okay well maybe he went out here blah 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 uh, my stomach dropped when the horse when he like t- 
turned and there was the horse. I was like, oh, yeah. God. So I felt that John did a really good job at keeping the panic at bay. Like, yes. I, I, you felt that it was, like, simmering just below, like, his neckline, uh-huh. right? He's walking in, in, like you said, there could be, and it's a ranch. I mean, there could be 10,000 places that that child could be, yeah. you know, holed up in. And it's late at night. Maybe he sat down somewhere and fell asleep. Who knows? But when he saw the horse, like, that's when, like, the stomach drops out. And the, the moment with Tate, you just knew yeah. that some, right? It's just the way the camera angles were done, the build up, like you talked about, was just so well done that you just knew that something was, was you knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John was doing a really good job keeping it bay until he went to Monica and his face, like, that's when I was just getting really like, oh God, what do they do to this poor child? It's to me when they cut to, to the sun rising and they're out walking yeah. that ginormous field. That's when my stomach just completely dropped. Like, you know, you're sort of holding your breath a little bit. But then when that happened, I was like, oh, God. I started welling up when Casey had his back to the search party. You knew he found something. And I remember watching it when it first, you know, first aired. And I just remember like I remember being so upset in that moment. I was just as upset now Mm -hmm. because... As a parent, you don't even have to be a parent, but it's so much worse because then you can, you don't even want to think about like the what if you don't, you don't even want to imagine that. But in that moment when he had his back to everybody in the field during the search, my heart was just like breaking in a thousand pieces because it's like you don't, again, this was not the season finale, but it could have been based on just that. But when he picks up the boot, like it's almost like what's, what's more horrible? Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't even want to like, have that conversation. But I had done over the summer a podcast with um, the Book of Lies ladies and Book of Lies podcast. If you haven't listened to that, that is fantastic. Um, but we did a podcast on unsolved mysteries. And we were talking really just like, what's worse, oh. missing or murder? Right. And we're like, missing. Missing because you don't know. Because you don't. Exactly. You don't know. So I think missing is is worse because at least if it's something else, you have closure you have the ability to process and move on whereas missing is just you just don't know you never know yeah and there's no recovery i feel like it's just like a, a bottomless well and then monica's scream just yep. did me in like that just did me in i was just like okay can this end now okay good it's ended i know right they're like really when casey took off in a sprint yeah and then everyone else started running it just the music they had going at that moment it was oh, it was awful and they pan back so everybody yes. see everybody running, all the Wranglers, everybody who works in that ranch was headed in the one direction. So we've criticized this show for a lot of episodes where it's just like there was so much going on in, in that episode. Mm-hmm. But this one, all of the tension, all of the activity, the fact that you had the trailer explode five minutes before all of this happened. Right. You had the, the altercation with Monica in the boutique. You had... Just so much emotion and so much drama. But for this, this is the secret sauce of this show. It's like yeah. they 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 pile so much onto this. And then like you take a step back and you're like, well shit, there's another episode next week. Right. I have to I have only a week to process this in between. Right. <laughs> Instead of six months or a year, depending on when um I'm pretty I'm pretty shocked that this was episode nine of, of right. ten. So I can only imagine that we see the Becks again because there has to be the resolution to to this. Yeah. Not sure. Not, not sure how they're going to end this because this was, you know, there's just a lot going on and I don't trust the show at all. Yeah. 
They killed Lee in the first episode of I season know. one. <laughs> That's why I said I don't trust them. They ruined me. <laughs> right. Like he like in the credits, he was like number three behind like Kevin Costner and Luke Grimes, I think yeah. it was. I think he was like billed as number three. I'm like, they killed off a major character fifty minutes in. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't trust this show at all. So. All right. In the best way possible. Indescribable, like this yucky feeling in the pit of my stomach. So, thanks, Yellowstone. But at least it's on demand now, and we can just watch the episode 10 and yeah. get the resolution. Right. Watch it tonight. As opposed to have to, yeah. As opposed to, yeah, I do that, too. Like, once we record this podcast, I'll watch the next one, because I don't I ever want to bring in what happens in the next one by accident. Me, too. So, because we... we Rewatched it. Man, that's hard to say. Rewatched last night, and uh, it tried to start the next episode. I was like, "No, stop!" I was like, "I can't. I can't know what happens next because I don't want to be t- influenced in my conversation. Right. I, I don't want to let it like a slight detail slip." Because... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if we recorded an hour on episode nine, <laughs> and we still have an entire season finale. I'm just gonna say. Bring snacks. I was about to say that, guys. Next week, bring snacks and a drink. Sit down. Yeah. Get in a comfy chair. Yeah. Maybe if you got kids, make sure they're in bed a while. So this way, you know, you can... Or you got a long drive. You got a long drive, we're perfect for you. Because we... And we'll keep it clean. We will. So you can have the kids in the car. (laughs) We try to keep it clean, I think. We try. But every once in a while, a bomb does drop. I am excited. I know. This is like... Okay, I'm ready to watch tonight because I'm tired of holding my breath. I don't... Oh my gosh. But before we go, like one thing, I was like, the the Becks have done this. We know the Becks have done this yes, because they've been like course. the underhanded, you know, force throughout this entire season. But like Donnie warned them that this was going to happen. Like this was like the last thing in my notes and I forgot to mention it before. Mm-hmm. Donnie warned John that this they're like a one-two punch kind of a, kind of a crowd. After So after, you know, the altercation with Beth happened in between that Donnie warned him that, you know, they're, they're like a one-two punch, you know, kind of an outfit. So now it's bait, like bait, bait. Beth and Tate. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they picked the two that they assumed that John loves the most, right? Yeah. So if we're, if we're doing predictions for the season finale, right? Mm-hmm. So the if the Becks think that by doing this that they'll bring John to his knees... Do they not know this man's track record? They've like unleashed bulls and bars. They've moved rivers. They've brought people to train stations for beating up a dude. You know, <laughs> like yeah, but they have not done enough homework to know what's coming for them. I feel they also don't know about Rainwater and Jenkins joining forces. Yeah. So I feel that like while like in season one, like the cattle battle was huge because they had the livestock agency and the, the helicopter and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. The alliance that's been formed between the Duttons, Jenkins, Rainwater, Broken Rock, etc. is just going to all like snowball. Just don't know like what the Becks think that they're going to get away with here. Because like with everything that happened with Beth, mm-hmm. they got the, the the dudes, you know, dropped back on his doorstep. Uh, very dead. Yeah. You know, so like this game of like one-upmanship, I just don't, I don't know if the Becks know all of the other things that the the Duttons are capable of. Well, and what's the point in taking Tate? Are they really going to kill him? What do they want John to do? Right, because there's no like ransom or anything like right. that. I think, I think it's just, I think it's really to break John. 
to for bring him to come to them and say, what do you want? I'll do anything to get him back. Yeah, like, I'll do anything you okay. want to get him back. Yeah. That, okay. That's the only rationale that I can think of because when you, when you have somebody up against the wall and they're backed into a corner, there's only going to be two, two options. They're either going to surrender mm-hmm. or they're going to fight. And yeah. I think that they're figuring if they squeeze John hard enough with he'll tape, surrender. that he'll just surrender and, and okay. leave it go. That's my unofficial official position. <laughs> right. But I, so I'm trying to think about from the Beck's perspective, what they know of John. Do they know all that he has done? What is rumored by the public about John Dutton? That his ranch hands are in and out every few months. His, you know, go bad on a business deal with him. He'll, what, cut your fence down and your cattle will escape. Like, what has he done previously that they might know of? Because you're right. I mean, they don't know what they're up against, but I'm trying to think what they do think. They probably are thinking that, that he would just back down because they don't know. Like, we know all the things that he's done, taking people to the train station, things like that. But what what do they think of him? Like, they probably don't think he's that vicious. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing that we've seen publicly has been the, like, the cattle battle. Yeah. Right? And that was over cattle, and that was with a, a reservation. So it was more... Like institutional, right? Well, so it was, but they know he's capable of murder because he strung up the two, you know, hitmen, right, on their porch. But that's it. I mean, so yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, from their perspective, what they're thinking he would do. And I think you're right. I think they think he will back down. Yeah, I think that they don't know the depths of of all the things that that they've done. Yeah, if they have this position that they can exploit it in the worst way possible. And that he'll just be like, okay, fine. Just give me him back and you can have whatever you want. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense that that would be their thought process. So if there was racism, humiliation by dressing room, if there was an s- explosion in um, a trailer and an abduction in the season finale run-up, <laughs> I can only... I can't even imagine what is in store for this season finale, oh, which... Like when you when you bring all that stuff in together, you know, it's just going to be it's going to be explosive. It's going to be fireworks. It's going to be emotions because now you have a child missing. And the Becks probably like they don't know that Casey was the one who took care of those hitmen. So, like, I don't think they like they've underestimated or not even factored in Casey. Like, I think Casey, now that you've taken his son, is going to be way more of a force of terror than John. Exactly. Like whatever John was, you've now unleashed worse yeah, from Casey. Exactly. But I'm excited to talk to uh, you about it next I know. week. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's watch it tonight. I'll drink a yes. glass of wine. You drink a glass of wine. I'll be texting yes. you. And I'll, I'll try to like, you know, shed, shed my cynical skin here. Yeah. <laughs> shed my cynical snake like Sheila skin. There you go. No. Wow. That is not easy to say. <laughs> So funny. I feel like we sort of take turns having like the negative outlook on things. That's okay. That's why we talk to each other. We exactly. balance each other out. We bring each other back. Be like, that's not you. Come on. Come on back yeah. this way. <laughs> Anne, have you had a bad day? Do you need a hug? I was going to say, do you need a Snickers? Yes. You're not you when you're angry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need chocolate and ice cream. Oh, can I tell you my favorite time of year is this year for like the Cadbury's, the mini eggs? Mm. Not the cream eggs, the mini eggs. No, what's I don't know if I've had a Cadbury mini egg. Oh, I'm gonna send you some. Really? They're so good. Yeah, they're like little chocolate. It's Cadbury's chocolate, uh-huh. and it's uh, wrapped in like a hard candy shell. 
You've seen it. They're in the yeah. purple bag. I've seen it, but I don't yeah. I don't buy a lot of Easter candy because I don't like coated things. Like I don't like when you um, bite into like Valentine's chocolate is gross because you bite into it and there's like cherries inside or coconut oh, I inside. That. I hate oh, surprises. Oh, in no, my I food. like solid chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Like, but for some reason, these Cadbury mini eggs, they just do it for me. It's so. like Hot Pockets work because you know what's in the Hot Pocket because you bought the box and there's like a picture of it. But like anything else that I have to bite into and I'm not sure what's inside of it, like it could be peas, it could be chocolate, <laughs> it could be like anything. So are you not a fan of like empanadas and stuff not like that? Not really. I, I mean, if you make it for me and you tell me what's in it, I'll be happy to eat your you empanada. Just don't like surprises. Yeah. I just okay, don't no, want to go to like a buffet and pick up the empanada and like it could be anything in there. Like, no, right. Good. Yeah, like you're expecting chicken and you get like spinach or something. Yeah, like, no, it's not, yeah. not my thing. Gotcha. So, those like little Easter candies with the, that's why I don't like Cadbury eggs because there's like a weird gooey thing in the inside. Yeah, no, no, this is solid chocolate inside. It's oh, just okay. Got like, like a can, it's almost like an M&M, just bigger. Okay. It's not the um, flavor that I'm, that I have a problem with. It's the. It's the it's, unexpectedness of yeah, it. I get you. I get you. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. I get you. I don't like surprises in my food. It could be crunchy or gooey. It's just weird. I don't like it. <laughs> so. so I know if I ever have you over, not to not to hide anything in your food. Yeah. I mean, I will politely, like, probably still eat it, but, like, maybe not take another bite. But, yeah, you'll be sending dagger eyes at me the whole night. I get it. I get it. But I think you and I are friends enough now that I would be like, Sheila, what's in this? Like, Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, no, no, you don't want that. There's surprises in there. <laughs> Like, if I had just met you, I would be polite enough to, like, eat yeah, your no. bananas. That's Maybe. the mark of a true friend. It's like, you just come and be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, you know I don't like that. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. All right, my friend. Well, I guess yes. I'll see you back here next week. Sounds but we'll good. be texting tonight because we're watching this episode. <laughs> yes, I will. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Appreciate all your listens and likes and comments. Keep messaging us and tweeting us. It's so much fun. We do love it. And if you could also head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast from to rate, review, and subscribe so you continue to spread the love. So this way other people can find the show by your likes, comments, reviews, five stars. Definitely helps other people find the show. Hopefully they'll enjoy it as much as you do. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.